Welcome to the Amelia Leads Podcast. Greta and Robbie today are going to speak about something that's both important and probably undervalued in the world. That value is raising, it is improving, people are starting to recognize it, but right now and historically, it's been sort of ignored. And that's the idea that work can be about accentuating the things that you're great at and producing happiness as a result. When I think back to my youth, every time work was represented in culture, it was with a negative attached to it. Every sitcom, the parent would come home tired or angry or go to work tired or angry. And work was only about one or two things. It was about providing food for the family and about providing something long term pension, retirement, until you didn't have to work anymore and finally you could stop. Maybe the greatest value that silicone has added to our lives is not technology, but the idea that you can be happy at work, that work can be generational, generative, that work can help you create something and put it out into the world that you're proud of and happy to be a part of. Robbie and Greta today are going to talk about how to do that, and I'm super excited to share it with you. I look forward to talking to you at the end. Okay, Robbie especially in our current environment. I think this is the perfect time to do some internal work on ourselves and talk to our team about redefining our personal strengths and weaknesses. And so I'm really excited to talk about that today. Same. A couple times over the last few years, you've brought to our attention this video that's really good by Marcus Buckingham that really re-hits home why it's important to figure out what gives us energy and like redefine what a strength is, because I think a lot of people just think, hey, it's what I'm really good at or it's what I'm getting paid to do. I might not like it. And hey, how do I work on my weaknesses? Because I think as children, that's what we were taught, right? I love his example that he's like, here is your report card and you got some A's and some things and you got some C's. Your parents were like, well, how do we lift you up in the C department and get you to be all A's instead of let's really focus on these core subjects that you're doing really well at and enhance that. So we've almost been taught to focus on improving our weaknesses our whole life instead of going all in on our strengths. Yeah. And so everything we're going to talk about today comes straight from textbook Marcus Buckingham. And so if you guys want to hear someone do better at this and do this topic more justice, just turn this off and go listen to all things Marcus Buckingham. But if you want to hang around, I'm really excited to talk about this because ultimately, like at the end of the day, most of us leaders evaluate how our team is feeling based on how well they are doing, doing their job, that is, right? And so, I mean, it, it, we're all so busy. We all have, you know, a list of things that we're never going to get to the bottom of in order to get done. And, you know, it's so tempting and it's such a common trap for leaders to fall into and say, well, my team's doing a good job. All must be well. And what we have learned over the last years and in our experience as leaders, that is not the case. That that just because our team members are doing great at what they're doing doesn't mean that they're not going to all of a sudden put in a two-week notice that catches us off guard, undermine the mission or the vision, or even allow themselves to kind of like slip into irrelevance. And so this conversation of strengths and weaknesses is so important. That's so hard, though. I'm even thinking through my one-on-ones with my team, and they're usually quite positive. I don't want to go, are you actually enjoying Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now? Because, hey, if they're doing a great job on the things that we're paid to do and that are important, I don't know. You're right. 
you're very good at always making sure I'm doing what I'm enjoying, but I'm sure sometimes that's hard for you to hear. Like, Yeah, well, it's it might be hard short term, but what is worse long term is when you realize that the team members that are really, really good at what they do, but that are also really unhappy are the most destructive team members inside of an entire organization. They're really good at what they do. So we kind of look at them as being indispensable. But since they're unhappy, they don't buy into the mission. They don't buy into the vision. They're not living up to our core values. Like they're they're side talking, they're gossiping. Like that is really the byproduct of a leader not saying, hey, let's make sure that you're both great at what you do and that you really, really enjoy doing it. Because once you can kind of find that sweet spot for your team members, all of a sudden they become the most contributive members of the entire team. They're smiling when they walk into the office. And even on a bad day, they leave and say, I can't wait to dig back in tomorrow. That's ultimately what I think we're all after. Mm -hmm. I think we all know that feeling of when we're working in our sweet spot. Like that's when you're bringing ideas even to the table. You're thinking about it at home. Like I like listening to podcasts about that specific topic, but I, there are definitely parts of my job that I don't enjoy as much, but I get it. I've commit. I've disagreed maybe on why we're doing it, but I've committed because it's important to the mission. But you have helped us to learn, and Marcus Buckingham has, that that should be a smaller portion That's right. of my day-to-day. You know, I really need to enjoy and be working in my strength. So how does he define strengths and weaknesses? Because I don't think it's what most people think. Well, this was a paradigm shift for me, you know, like, so um, before we define them, I, I remember him saying when I first ran into Marcus Buckingham that eight out of 10 people say, I don't work in my strengths most of the time. That's not a life I want. And so I wanted to get really clear. I was like, you know, then you tell me, Marcus, like, what is a strength? What is a weakness? Where am I getting this wrong? And here's what he says when he defines these things. He says that a strength is anything that gives you energy. Like it's something you look forward to doing or time passes by rapidly when you're doing it. Or when you when you finish a task, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been two hours. I really, really enjoyed that. And obviously in the context of the workplace, it needs to be something that you're either already great at or you're excited at getting great at, you know. A weakness would be something that it doesn't matter how good you are at it, that it just drains you that you're like, this isn't, this isn't, I might be great at it and I might be, you know, the best one in the building at this, but I do not find joy in this whatsoever. Right. I remember we were interviewing, um, someone on the team and during the interview, they, I asked them, I was like, why are you considering a career change? They were in, they were in the, um, uh, like food and beverage world. Right. And so I'm just like, you know, why, why are you considering, you know, you know, moving over to plastic surgery? And they said, well, I'm a hostess right now, and I really, really wanted to be a waitress. But I, So I went to my team leader, and I said, hey, I would really like to be a waitress. And their team leader said, well, you're too good of a hostess, and replacing you would be too hard. So if you could just go back to your podium, that would be great. And I just remember thinking, well, I can't help but notice that she's sitting in front of me interviewing right now. And so it this, the byproduct of not allowing and not helping your team members identify their strengths and as a leader pushing them towards those strengths, it just ends up bad for everyone. Yeah, that's 
probably the most important takeaway I had as the leader to remember for my own team. Even if it's hard, you know, I like to set it and forget it sometimes. All right, you're doing what you, you know, we've identified, we've got our rhythm. Don't change it. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it works at all. And then I'll be rehiring someone if, which is terrible. So I don't want to do that. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you have personally spent a lot of time identifying your own strengths. Before we cover those, though, like, why was that so important? Why did you spend so much time trying to figure that out? Yeah, because opportunity is a thief. And, you know, ultimately, like I can think of I can think of so many instances in just kind of observations in my career of like watching someone be great at something. And that opens the door of opportunity for them. And you know, that's without a really strong sense of self-awareness of like, here's what gives me great joy and here's what I'm great at. Then all of a sudden, like this allure of like the door of opportunity being opened and you being like, whoa, someone wants to pay me more or someone wants to give me a better title or someone wants to, you know, someone believes in me and wants me on their team. If we haven't done the self-work of being able to say, okay, I know what I'm great at and I know what brings me joy then we are completely unable to combat those emotions of excitement and those emotions that we all love to feel of like, man, someone believes in me and they, they're giving me a better opportunity. And then before we know it, like we're making 20% more and we're 50% less happy. And it's just because like when you do great at the thing that you do, opportunities will happen, doors will open. And if we're not wise enough to know if we should walk through them or not, or to say, thanks, but no thanks, I wouldn't do well for you in that role. But thank you so much for offering it to me. Let's keep looking. I'm excited to talk about something more in the future, but I'm where I need to be right now. Man, it's no wonder that eight out of 10 people say, I do not work in my strengths most of the time, because most people can't even say what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. Out of the practice or out of our day-to-day life, Every time I rethink and talk about this, I want to talk to my kids about it because I just feel like we're, at least when I went to school 20 years ago or college, like you're set up to follow this path and you never pause to go, is this what I'm, is this, am I enjoying this? Yeah. Like, does this make me happy? Like I was very good at following the school, college, you know, you do this, you do this path before lifting my head up and being like, where am I? How did I get here? And am I really enjoying it? And then having to do all that work in my 30s to kind of pivot, like, thank God, but I don't want my kids to have to, like, I don't think we do spend a lot of time on improving their weaknesses in school, just even through their report cards. So yeah, I don't know about you, but I like, I, I feel like I watched my parents make an okay living doing something they absolutely hated, Mm -hmm. you know, that it was just, they had just said yes to too many opportunities to, to, to back out of it at that point. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. It's not something I want for my kids, but selfishly, it's not something I want for me either. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so I know you have three specific strengths you've identified in yourself, um, that you often mention. What are they? Yeah, so I'll share them just for like the sake of like, I think it's helpful when you're trying to figure this out on your own. It is helpful. To hear, here's some examples of what someone else came up with. So, you know, these are just the thing, the three things that I came up with about 12 years ago. The first one, I love accomplishing the impossible alongside people who I love and trust. Like, 
Like it's being able to go after something and, and accomplish a goal that anyone else will look at and say that it, that's absurd. Like there's no way a group of people could do that. I love rallying around and with people who I care about and say, let's go do that thing together. It's so much fun for me. The second thing, I love to challenge people who I believe in to walk down roads, which I have personally benefited from walking down myself. Like I love challenging people. This is why I can never be a pastor. I can never be a counselor. Like I can never like, I I have such a hard time challenging people to do things that I haven't personally done. I don't think that's an integrity issue, but for me, it feels like one, right? Like I'm certainly not saying it's that for other people, but at least for me, I just have the hardest time challenging people to improve themselves in a way or to, to attempt to improve themselves in a way that I've not been trying to do myself. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, it's why I love leading Financial Peace University classes because it's just like, I have walked this road and I can challenge you all day long because I have not only empathy but authority to do that challenging. So that's my second strength. And my third one, just being unafraid of the last 10% of truth. Like so often I'm in a meeting and I realize like, I, oh, we all know something needs to be said. Doesn't seem like anyone's going to say it, so I guess I'll do it. Like, I'm just, I've never been afraid of, like, I've had to learn how to do it tactfully, but I've never been afraid of the last 10% of truth. And I just love leveraging that strength on behalf of the people in the room to say, hey, don't worry, you guys. Like, I'll give you all the gift of going second. I'll go first and kind of say what I think all of us are thinking. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's helpful for those who are listening to have a little bit of a construct of like, you know, here's what they sound like for me. Um, but I would highly encourage you, like, you got to figure this stuff out for yourself. Yeah. Well, yours are so clear and thought out. Like, yes, every time I hear you say them, and I'm sure everyone listening is like, okay, I want these because those are just like, you'll recognize them. I can't imagine how you don't think about them throughout the day and be like, hey, these are really the things that give me energy and are helping myself and my team around me. Like, I want to identify mine. And and even in that video of Marcus Buckingham, he kind of says, hey, over the next week, write things down mm-hmm. that you found that you've just, you know, carry a little notebook with you. And every time you're like, wow, that was fun or something, write it down. Mine so far have been completely inappropriate. <laughs> and I have not done the work that you have. But how did you discover those things about yourself and then put them in such clear, concise sentences. I just did what he said to do. So he says, just like carry around a notepad or a stack of index cards in your in your back pocket. And anytime you find yourself looking forward to something or you find the time just rushing by during a task or you finish a task and, and, and you're like, man, I really loved that. Like that really filled me up. He says, just jot it down. And do that, don't wait till the end of the day, but just in the moment when you're feeling those things, just jot down what was going on. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the week, you you can identify these threads. I still remember sitting down in the living room floor with these note cards, and Jenny, my wife, was helping me kind of sort them into, into kind of common threads. And then from there, like my first go at at you know, naming those strengths, like it was, it was rudimentary. And just over the last decade or so, you know, every now and then I'll kind of refine, you know, one versus the other as I just better understand myself. Right. But that's how I got started. I just did what he said to do. 
and I just jotted down on these index cards. Wow, I loved preparing that presentation for my team leader because I knew it was going to help them succeed and just whatever those things might have been, right? And so I just did what he said to do. And I'm telling you, I am here at Amelia Aesthetics because I knew these strengths. Like when Dr. Pyle and I started talking about me coming on board, I was able to basically create the role where I would be able to tell him, hey, look, if you want the best out of me, here's where I need to be in the organization. I can't be at the top of the organization because I can't teach past where I'm at. I, that can't be me. But I sure can be in a place where I can challenge some folks to go through the things that I've gone through, to win in areas that I've won personally in the past. Like, I can be in this role where... I have to say the most difficult things because I can do that in a way that I haven't really been able to see other people do that. You see where I'm going. And so mm -hmm. it was so awesome to just be able to say, I'm not going to be great at this. And I'm, but if you will put me here, my shoulders are the broadest and I will get so much joy day in and day out from it. And I think that's what y'all want from everyone. God, that is gold. Mm. Like who doesn't want to create yeah. how they spend a majority of their day? That's so good. Um, and that makes me feel better, too, that it's rudimentary at first, because I mm -hmm. feel like the things I've been coming up with are more tactical and yours aren't tactical. Like I like doing social media. You know, it's kind of like the heart behind, hey, like helping people or crafting a message that will resonate with more people or like I'm I'm excited to keep wordsmithing that for myself. I remember I was in a meeting with this uh, author named John Acuff one day, and I remember him saying, I'm so glad that I know that I don't just like writing books, that I'm not just, you know, an author. And he started to unpack that. And it was so like, I'll never forget it. You know, he, he said, if I had gone my entire life thinking I was an author, I wouldn't be a public speaker today. I wouldn't have a blog today. I wouldn't um, be a life coach today. And, and I just thought, that's remarkable. Like, and so John kind of learned about himself that he's more of an inspirer and a communicator of ideas, right? And when you know that about yourself, then all of a sudden the medium gets out of the way. The medium just becomes a way to exercise those strengths or those passions that you have. So I've seen this, I've seen this work in so many different, like when I look at the most effective people and the happiest people, this is something all of them know. Mm -hmm. And then recently we've been talking about like self-awareness is at the root of this. So mm -hmm. that is so important to be able to be honest with ourselves and do assessments of where we're at so we can get where we're going. Um, any last words on why this idea of strengths versus weaknesses is so important? Yeah. So I think as leaders, one of our deepest desires should involve leading others to a place where their personal joy intersects changing another person's life. And the, the root of that, like the beginning of that path is making sure that someone knows themselves and knows because uh, I can look and I can observe and I can kind of guess, right? But when a team member will can when you can get a team member to do the work of really identifying their strengths, then all of a sudden you get to give that team member, at least you can start to give that team member this opportunity to 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 do the only thing that most of us want to do in our lives, and that's to serve another person. Like once we kind of figure our own thing out, like, you know, that's never enough for any of us. But like 
serving other people, improving other people's lives, that is a that like that's not a cup that ever gets so filled up that you get tired of it, right? And so it's a really difficult thing as a leader to do for someone who you're leading just by guessing. And so I would encourage all the leaders out there, like push your team to understand their strengths so that you guys can have a conversation about, oh, that's why I don't enjoy doing this. And that's why I love doing this. And it's not going to be a light switch. It's not going to be all of a sudden you can say, great, well, let's refashion your entire job description just around your strengths. I like... I still have 20% that I just can't stand to do. But you know what? Like that's the side of the 80-20 percentages that I would prefer to be on. And it's amazing. I absolutely love what I get to do for a living. Can't believe I get paid for it. And I truly believe that this conversation is the reason that I can say that that's true today. Gosh, that's so good. I remember Donald Miller really harps on that too. And I think that book you recommended for me on a personal retreat, Storyline, like creating your story of your own life he keeps just harping on find that place where your passion meets helping as many people as possible. Like keep coming back to that and you'll live the best life possible. So I think that's so good. Um, I appreciate your time today. That was fun. I'm going to keep working on identifying my strengths and weaknesses and dig into my team with that too. Thank you so much, Robbie. When I'm finished listening to these podcasts with Greta and Robbie, there's always 14 ideas that swirl through my head. The one that I keep coming back to on this topic is the idea that I think a person's life should be divided in two halves around strengths and weaknesses. In youth, I don't think a person should focus solely on their strengths. There's too much learning and growing and finding out what you're good at before you really know it. But once you're an adult and your adult life has sort of begun and your roles have been a little more clearly defined in your family, in your home, in your workplace, I think it's reasonable to seek value for yourself and joy for yourself in those places. If I were talking to 20-year-ago me at almost any point in my life, I would tell that person, find things that make you happy and do them as much as you can. And what Greta and Robbie suggest today in this podcast is that very thing. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. If you need more information or you'd like more about this, check out AmeliaLeads.com or our other podcasts.